Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at all the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Welcome back to Tuesdays, everybody. Elise, I feel like you have <laughs> you have aged a year since we've seen you, I actually. I have, actually. Yeah, I'm a year older HBD. in many ways. Uh, Birthday-wise, emotionally, everything. Uh, yeah, for... Um, I did want to say, since this is my first time back since we aired our very special episode, um, that I got such lovely messages from so many people, and it was really, really uh, affirming and awesome for me. I read all of them, even though I couldn't respond to all of them, and there were a lot of people who wrote worried that I was going to get like hate or anything, and I did not receive any of any kind, so... Either Instagram filtered it out or it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've I've gotten hate for other things. Don't ever say you had a child-free wedding on Twitter, but or talk about bodegas or any of that kind of stuff. But for the abortion, no. (laughs) That that was fine. I would never talk about bodegas, but I would (laughs) Um Uh, but yeah, that was great. And um that was also the day that I found out I had COVID. But um, I have since recovered from COVID. I'll just say that I listened to the episode and it was really good. Um, And I learned so much. Uh, So if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely check it out. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. I listened to it many times. Even though it wasn't, it was obviously completely unrelated to my having COVID. The whole situation of me getting COVID was so shitty that having it come out that day and getting a bunch of really nice messages from people about, even though it was about a different thing, it was actually very helpful. It was healing. It soothed soothed my soul because I was down bad with COVID. I lost a job because I had COVID. Mm. I got stuck in LA with COVID. Uh, I gave my parents COVID. They're fine. But like, it was all, yeah, she's out there. Coronavirus is still out there and there really should be relief for people who lose money because of it, but that's a whole different thing. (laughs) Yeah, wow. I have so far been spared. My par- you're right, it's out there. My parents got it last week after, you know, my dad's a my dad's a doctor. He's in the hospital all the time and had gone mm-hmm. the whole 2 years without getting it. They got they got really sick and I I was in a small karaoke room for about 5 hours over the weekend and somebody that was with me that I was near and dear to it's tested positive this morning she's probably listening actually <laughs> but so hope you're far, feeling better. I, I hope she's feeling okay. I mean it's 
I'm going to France in a couple of weeks. So it's like, if I'm going to get it, I'll get those antibodies now. But um, yeah, I'm just waiting. I was talking to Sammy and, and, and she was like, I was telling her about like how you, and she was like, just assume you have it. Don't do anything until for the next couple of days. Just assume you have it. Okay, so we're not doing in studio. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, truly the only bright side of this entire thing is that uh, for this trip to Spain that I'm doing, I now don't, right. ha- I get to bring a fancy piece of paper that says I've had COVID in the last 90 days and it makes things a little easier for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's when you either have to like test to get back into the US or you can bring a fancy piece of paper that says you've had COVID in the last 90 days. Well, look at and that. I'm going to go piece of paper. But it sounds like it was not worth it. It sounds like you were really down. No, so tell us, no, I would have get, preferred to not have yeah. gotten COVID. So you did get medicated for it, though, right? Yes. Yeah, so I got Paxlovid, Paxlovid. I'm not sure where we're putting the emphasis on that word. On Somebody that will word DM yet. you. Where does the accent um, go? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but um, Paxlovid. But <laughs> I got it. Um, it was really easy to get. I, I just did a virtual. I typed in like virtual appointment Paxlovid. California um talked to a lady on zoom for like two minutes she did say that you had to have a pre something pre-existing to get it but Mm -hmm. the thing that I had that was pre-existing to get it was anxiety so I feel like (laughs) probably a lot of people qualify Yeah, you just tell her you live in New York or just show her one episode of Betches. Yeah, exactly. Paxlovid nor me. I live in near me. It it just really um yeah, it was pretty pretty simple process. Obviously I don't know you know, there were some like I had to tell them what medications I take and some of them did have interactions, so we had to like talk through that stuff. But it was very similar to if you've ever taken like gotten the flu and taken Tamiflu where um, it pretty much knocked out the symptoms pretty fast. I was down bad for like the first day and a half. And then at pretty much as soon as I started taking it, I started feeling a yeah. lot better. You so. seemed down bad because Rohit even DM me and she was like, are you sure I'm not doing the newsletter tomorrow? Like Elise seems sick. And I was like, she says she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I needed something to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you didn't have enough uh, time watching. What did you watch? Twilight. Twilight. And, mm, Twilight. Yeah. I watched. Well, I'm I'm at Breaking Breaking Dawn Part Two. I still need to finish, but I did watch a lot of Twilight. Um, and I tried to watch Westworld again, but I think it Ooh. just isn't for me. Yeah, I, I started it once, it. and then I started it again. Nothing bad about it, just not for me. What did you do this weekend, Millie, other than watch the um, the Avatar trailer over and over again? The Avatar trailer. <laughs> what did I do? I was in a short film, so now I'm worried. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I know. That's where I got it, yeah. Um, you know, I worked on a submission for a TV show that hopefully they fucking hire me. And um, and I went to the, was in a short film, and then I went to see Doctor Strange. Uh, What'd you think? So I thought it was... Uh, certainly they lived up to the title about madness yeah that was definitely something where i'm like okay what the fuck just happened (laughs) it's a lot and it's one of those things where i'm like oh if i read spoilers about this i still would be confused yeah what's happening it was one of those i took an edible beforehand and i regretted it and that's never happened to me yeah it was just a lot to look at a lot to look at oh yeah i was in the front row of alamo so there like it was like it's still there's some distance but 
it was a lot. Like I was getting nauseous a little <laughs> bit because they're going through. Th- and then you know what? The director is like horror. So it leans very into yes, horror. Exactly. Very More into horror yes. than any other Marvel movie I've ever seen. Yeah. If you have kids like under eight or nine who get a little scared, I would. And they no. would love Marvel. This might not be the one for them. No, it this was is not, not the great. one. Yeah. It was like, yo, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> it was very, and then a very almost, you know what? Like the craft, like ooh. very craft inspired mm-hmm. Marvel. Interesting. So, yeah. Right. But, you know. Have, can we keep procrastinating talking about the news? <laughs> hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. I was going to talk about this homophobic dachshund today, but then I really looked into it and I got the story all wrong and there's really no there there, but um, maybe I'll share it on Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> he's not homophobic. Yeah, it's he's, a joke. exactly. He's not homophobic. He's the opposite of homophobic. But people use the thing for memes. It's like Pepe the Frog. <laughs> so not even, not even. They actually just use the memes like it's to make fun of homophobes. There's this dachshund named Whitney Houston, who I have loved for a very long time. She's very sassy. She's a very unusual looking dachshund. Wait, what the fuck is the name? Sorry, Whitney Houston. Okay, <laughs> you don't like it. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, the moral of the story is that her owners are gay. Her owners are a gay couple. And she just and like, they has are a very using s- the dog to skewer. Not at all. Skewer homophobes. Well, now they are. But it's, it's sort oh. of like she has this like sassy look to her. So people started. I think originally it was a like somebody used her in a homophobic meme. And then people just thought it was so funny. They they made her into more like, I don't want to say lightly homophobic, but just like things like, I don't mind it. I just don't want to see it. And all of her like cute, sassy pictures. And then she sort of became a, a pro-gay icon because of how <laughs> well she satirizes homophobes. It was just such a deeply internet story. And this yeah. is, our listeners are probably like, this is probably why you didn't put it in the outline, Amanda. Yeah, well, also... <laughs> It's kind of the way where like gay people online say like we don't like when somebody does something like cry at a Charlie XCX concert or something. It's like, <laughs> do gay people need rights? You know, like that kind of homophobia <laughs> yes. sarcastically. So if yes. somebody's like, oh, I hated Nicki Minaj's look in this whatever. They'll comment the dog and be like, I know what you are. Like, yeah. Or like, just put the put the F word there, like, with the dog's face. So mm. it's like ironic homophobia kind of, but. 
Yeah. It's all in like good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super peak online. internet. It's peak internet. Yeah. It's yeah. super online. I'm sorry that I know that much. There was like a, there was like a meme going around that was like the article I sent you before it was written, but it was like mocked up. It was like a deep fake as if Taylor Lorenz had written it. So <laughs> this is, the, these are the, but I am a, I am a Whitney Houston OG, OG stan. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's primary day. You might need to go vote today. Many days are having elections. Tis the season. It feels like it came too quick. <laughs> I know. I know. It's really here. We're going to have all our candidates soon. Yeah. Is Chris Kernacki going to be like maniacally pointing at boards today? Soon? I also, this is this is a good time to note that we have a new midterms themed uh, merch item. It's a wine glass with different lines on it. Assuming that you're going to need different amounts of wine for different stages of the election, trust me, it's visually it's visually impactful. <laughs> it's like primaries, a debate, election night. It's beautiful. I'm going to be using mine tonight. Today's primaries are in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oregon, Idaho, and Kentucky, and these are some of the most closely watched races in the country, especially at Pennsylvania and North Carolina. I would say. Pennsylvania is just really interesting, given its split electorate and kind of like unusual unusual electorate like I heard a quote referred to it as like it's you have like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and then between them it's Alabama so it's like very hard to predict (laughs) I mean that's most states though right that's true exactly Democratic voters will be choosing between Connor Lamb John Fetterman and Malcolm Kenyatta they're sort of Kenyatta the main ones leading ahead (laughs) Republicans will be choosing between Trump endorsed Dr. Oz hedge fund manager Dave McCormick and conservative commentator Kathy Barnett Kathy Barnett shares something with the highest polling candidate for governor, who is state senator and Trump pick Doug Mastriano. They were both in Washington on January 6th. There are pictures of them in cool. the in in the swells, not like in front of the riot, but cool. that doesn't in front of the Capitol, though that doesn't mean they weren't there, but like part of, you know, on the way there. And Barnett is interesting. She has surged quite a bit in recent weeks. She's not very well funded at all. And if she were to win this primary and then win this seat, she would be Pennsylvania's first black mayor and its first woman mayor. She's surged partly because... Senator. Senator, Thank you. Pennsylvania's mayor. I know Pennsylvania's (laughs) The mayor of Pennsylvania. (laughs) That's what John Fetterman wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. So she's surged recently amid the sort of abortion rights debate because she says she was born after her mother was raped at age 11. So she just sort of uses her existence at all as a as an anti-abortion argument. Um, Dr. Oz has Trump's backing. I'm really curious to see where this goes. I mean, like you mentioned, Millie, last week, there's some like xenophobic energy towards Dr. Oz and also like Barnett and another one have been really good at framing him as a liberal, like fl- framing his celebrity status. So I don't know. I don't think he's a shoe in. It's weird because he does have the name recognition. Um, but also it's embarrassing that Pennsylvania's never had a black or woman senator. It's More embarrassing crazy. that if it happened, it would be a Republican Dr. Oz has, I encourage everyone to listen to the maintenance phase episode yes. about Dr. Oz and all the fucked up shit that he's pushed on his stupid ass show. Very bad. Um, yeah. And yeah, it is. Diet pills, fake COVID stuff. Like he's really. Snake oil. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. It's, he's really, really quite bad. And also, not for nothing, he lives in New Jersey. So, right. Yeah, I don't even live in <laughs> So. I saw a sticker that had been put on like the sign at the border that was like, welcome to New Jersey, home of Dr. Oz. (laughs) Elections are fun. So I'll be very curious to see the outcome there. I mean, who do you 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like all the candidates, it really is kind of like could be a purple state on the Democratic side. John Fetterman holds a lead over moderate House member Connor Lamb and progressive state senator Malcolm Kenyatta. I mean, John Fetterman does seem like a real a real progressive. He's definitely an interesting guy with an interesting approach. He's 52 and he did suffer a stroke last Friday. He's resting this week, but is expected to make a full recovery. He's really leaning into calling himself just a dude who wears a lot of hoodies and cargo shorts. People seem really, really excited about him. He has like a very invigorated crowd around his primary campaign. And perhaps as a result of that, he's pretty far ahead in the polls. Democrats see him as fairly progressive and someone who will appeal to all working class Pennsylvania voters, which just feels coded to say. I think that means white. Yeah, yeah. mayor of Easttown. Yeah, the mayor of Easttown. That's what I say all the time when I think about white, quote unquote, white working class Pennsylvanians. Mm -hmm. Just mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown. Exactly. I mean, I I maintain that she she and John Fetterman could be dating. They would be an iconic. Absolutely. Iconic leader of Pennsylvania. She'd like fucking after like interviewing somebody or whatever, would go to his like metal bands practice that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of sucks. And, you know, (laughs) but then she sees her daughter there, blah, blah, blah. Precisely, precisely. So a thing about him that actually doesn't seem to be, you know, dodging him as much as you you might think is that there was a 2013 incident when he, the mayor at the time, brandished a shotgun to stop and detain an unarmed black dogger. He told police he heard gunshots around his home and he said he saw someone running in all black with a black face mask. Um, he said that he's addressed this more recently. He said that this was shortly after Newtown and he just was just reacting and he says he would have you know done it if it were anybody but this outcome was that police found no weapons on that man who was wearing jogging clothes and wearing headphones at the time so it's something that i mean he was the mayor of a primarily black uh, town that seemed to support him but this is something that like i i is completely fair if he does not have the trust of black voters to have had that instinctual response is pretty So just just so that I'm clear, so he saw he brandished a gun at a black jogger, basically after chasing him with his after chasing him with his truck. Almost George Zimmerman, but didn't kill the guy. Yeah, Uh, yeah. that's not that's not great. And then also (laughs) calling up like this was right after Newton. Um, That's what he's. Yeah, I wanted to quote what he says about the incident to explain. Newton was a white kid. Yeah. Sorry, babe. Yeah, who he went like into a wasn't, place and opened fire. So it's very different. It's different than somebody jogging. And like, also that guy jogging, I'm really curious to see what he fucking says. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Federer still says worse. he didn't know he was black, but I'm trying to figure out the thing about the mask. To me, it's worse like, as a white guy after Newtown to start brandishing a weapon around. Like, yeah, that's actually that more fucked up. scared about. Um, but okay. Okay. Pennsylvanians choose. I know. Pennsylvanians right. will I choose. Know. Just as you were saying that, I was like, just kind of disgusted by, I, I to the extent maybe somebody would read that and like him more. Like, I don't know. I think that when yeah, voters probably, are, probably. I just and can like think of the Democrats, you know, like it's this. Oh, the white working class vote is the most important vote we have to get. And literally no, no other fucking um, constituents matter. 
kind of thing, kind of attitude in promoting somebody like Fetter, Fetterman over mm-hmm. somebody like Kenyatta, who's like, he's too polarizing because, or you know, they're That's queer ridiculous. and black, yeah. you know? But like, but you know, people th- think like that. I know. But the thing is, is like, I feel like you need people to turn out. I would be so excited to be part of electing Malcolm Kenyatta, to be part of that. If you, t- I mean, I know John Fetterman's getting people ex- excited too, for sure. But I just like, with what we've seen, like, first of all, Connor Lamb is a non-starter to me because to him, like, he is the next Joe Manchin, right? Like, he is just sending us all the signals that we ignored from Joe Manchin where it's like, if he wins, that's not a, that's not a blue seat. I'm sorry. Like, he's not going along. He's fighting everything in the House, even if he eventually votes for it. So I, we talk a lot about like, I don't know, I'm pretty like vulnerable to people saying like we can't elect the most progressive person in the primaries because we have to appeal to all voters. But I don't know. I think we have to get our base fired up because they've been so disappointed by the lack of progress. Like I would be much more excited to go vote for a Malcolm Kenyatta and would be like, oh, that's a cool opportunity for me. I think I think and therein lies the problem is that if you're trying to you do need a percentage of these white middle class whatever independent blah 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 voters but i think the democratic strategy as we've talked about is to just focus on them when in reality there's a whole there's a whole base of new voters who want to get excited and fired up they're the ones that are going to be canvassing they're the ones that are going to be and they want these progressive policies you know so like that is the hesitancy. And I just kind of feel like, may, you know, in a dem- in a DNC that would excite me in the future, mm-hmm. it would be really cool to see the DNC push Kenyatta because then maybe we can get some, the percentage of these middle class white voters that we need can be convinced by somebody who's like, I'm going to put more city buses or I'm going to do like actual progressive policies that are going to help our future. Not all of them are going to get and maybe not the biggest percentage if we start in the middle. But I don't know. I'm just like, again, it's about getting people fired up and excited. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, Fetterman is a candidate where if he wins, he can have the effect of firing people up. But like, yeah, I mean. How much longer are they going to be talking to us about like, oh, we need to, we need to worry about the working class voters? It's like, like we said, we know you mean the the older white ones. And in the next couple of years, I think in the next by twenty twenty four, I think young voters overtake boomer voters. So I'm just I'm just hopeful they're on their way out. If but it needs to happen before like they completely rig the system and we have no chance. Yeah, I know it's like before they like uh, say that they can vote in. Per- perpetuity via like an app or something like that they'll they'll never be disenchantized even after they're dead yeah yeah i feel like john fetterman would probably have a pretty funny camp like would probably get in some good shots on on dr oz like that would be an yeah i mean people are excited about him and he is progressive like he is also considered a progressive candidate i definitely think what you just said about him and the jogger is very odd but um he is like he's better than Connor Lamb to me, just because totally, Connor Lamb, sure. like you said, is doing this Joe Manchin thing. And guess what? Like being a moderate candidate doesn't really fire people up about stuff. No. I don't think anyone is fired up about moderate Democrats right now. Right. Or moderate Republicans. Yeah. No, no, not on either side. And that's actually a really interesting part of this entire Pennsylvania situation, because Pennsylvania kind of used to pride itself on being very 
Joe Biden, Connor Lammy, mm-hmm. that like anyone that they elect, if they elect a Republican, it's going to be a moderate Republican. If they elect a Democrat, it's going to be a moderate Democrat. But what we're seeing now is like, it looks like the further, like, it looks like we're maybe going to get a progressive candidate for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the Democratic side and somebody cuckoo. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> exactly. On the somebody Republican cuckoo. side, I don't know what flavor of cuckoo we're going to get, but. <laughs> Oh, I hope it I hope it mixes well with scam diet pills, whatever it is. Yeah, I know. I'm Betch's co-founder, Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. All right, next, my favorite blue state, North Carolina. A couple interesting Mm. races here. There's going to be an open Senate seat. Richard Burr, pretty kind of a snooze fest, but he he came up the most when he was trying to profit from the pandemic and like trying to sell off stocks. He's retiring, so his seat will be open. And big contenders here are Republican on the right, are Republican congressmen and the former a Republican congressman and the former governor, whose name is Pat McCrory. Pat McCrory lost the governorship to a Democrat in 2016. Candidates have to win more than 30% of the vote to avoid a runoff. And on the Democratic side, it'll be less of a close contest with former North Carolina Chief Justice Sherry Beasley likely to win the nomination. She's pretty much like surging ahead. And I believe she is a black woman. And North Carolina has elected Democratic senators before. They've elected Democratic women to the Senate. So that's very excited. But they have not elected a black person. She would be the first black senator from North Carolina. And she's another person who, I mean, luckily it looks like she's she's pulling ahead. I do not know much about her politics, I'll admit. She could be very moderate, but another like potential way to to excite people. But the big thing people are going to be watching tonight is also Madison Cawthorn's seat. He will be fighting <laughs> to keep his job today. <laughs> Nobody needs a job more. Like what else, what would he do next? What would I he do? I don't know, man. Maybe like speaking engagements. Oh, yeah, Podcast, definitely. Patreon. Joe Rogan, he'll always have a spot. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like he'll go be a commentator, not even on Fox News, but on like even O-A-N. like a, even a lesser. Yeah, OAN. He'll be a Breitbart guy. Does he have stands? Or does it? Does he just people pay attention to him no matter what? I feel like people pay attention, but he doesn't yeah. have like stands. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't imagine know. that if you like dig deep into like the worst forums and like whatever that they he probably has some people who appreciate what he's doing <laughs> I feel thing. like there's not really republic <laughs> like to me i feel like the only republicans that have stands are trump and like the really DeSantis. crazy ones because like even somebody like rubio or ted cruz like people like them but Ted Cruz doesn't have stands. Doesn't no, have stands. you're right. Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene has stands, I feel like. But they're, they're, they're cuckoo. They're and oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, Cawthorn yeah. is like a little cuckoo, but not really. They don't have the like, same he's stands. He's cuckoo, but yeah. like, no. Yeah, he just doesn't. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the it factor. <laughs> no, he No, doesn't. he doesn't. And you know that's why like Lauren, Lauren Bobert and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene like get in fights and stuff. Because really Definitely. Marjorie is the... 
is the star of the of the clown car. <laughs> she she, <laughs> and she gets that sick. <laughs> she drives Bobert the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, whole but makes Bo Bear sick to her stomach. She sick, wants to she be the head clown. <laughs> <laughs> Painted her face for nothing. Oh my god, god. <laughs> I'm convinced. Again, I'm going to bring this up House of that her family has that fucking gun picture from Christmas. That was like fifteen thousand dollars worth of yes. guns, and they spent yes. all that shit. And like MJ, MJG. Fucking MGT, MGT, MGT. <laughs> M- yeah, Millie uh, Short Jonathan Jorset, jo- Joseph Gordon, Taylor Green, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Thomas, Taylor Thomas. Uh, <laughs> um, the guy, the woman from Home Improvement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Madison Cawthorn, he has seven challengers. Include so one that's been endorsed by the senator. Trump did endorse Cawthorn last night, though, saying recently he made some foolish mistakes, which I don't believe he'll make again. Let's give Madison a second chance. Oh, so what did you think he did to get that back? Like they probably made it like like this is like some succession bore on the floor. I think as long as you like reject the 2020 election, that's Trump's main thing or or hate infrastructure. He also wants you to hate infrastructure. That's very important to him. Yeah, I think that Madison Cawthorn just very gleefully uh, says whatever Trump wants. He voted against the certification, I think. Or was For he? Sure. Is that only senators who were allowed to do that? But I'm just saying that Trump flipped recently, and out, mm-hmm. like recently, he wasn't saying shit to defend him until last night. I know. So I'm yeah. Like, I know. So what Cawthorn happened? Cawthorn did something to appeal to Trump in the past week. And I think it was a bore on the I floor, bet. like begging kind of. <laughs> Absolutely. I bet it's like, if you keep, because we know that Trump, Trump doesn't like Kevin McCarthy. Trump hates Kevin McCarthy, right? Like they're on the outs. Or are they back? I don't think that, Ke- I don't think that he particularly likes Kevin McCarthy. Because after the insurrection, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy was like, this was fucked up. This was bad. This was Trump's fault. So maybe, maybe Madison Cawthorn was like, I need to stay in there to be a thorn in this motherfucker's side and to keep him in line with all of us so he doesn't go and try to, like, you know, make you irrelevant and turn back on all of us. I bet that's what he said. And then Trump was probably like, cool, no problem. And I also think that, like, if you go to Madison, if you go to Mar-a-Lago and you kiss the ring and you say, oh, Mr. Trump, please, Mr. Trump. He'll endorse you. Exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> like, saying. That's all. I, I agree that it's like bore on the floor from succession. Like he went over there. He said, oh, Mr. Trump, I love you so much, please. And then Trump was like, OK. And What's that's a, it. That's a good boy. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Um, Because the other guy running against Oz, Dave McCormick, he did do that. He did go to Mar-a-Lago. He was really pushing. But Trump is obsessed with celebrity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Obsessed with celebrity. So we need a celebrity to run against (laughs) Madison Cawthorn. Yes. If there was a reality TV celebrity, like, honestly, if, like, Caitlyn Jenner got in it or whatever. Like, like, I'm trying to think of other Republican (laughs) reality people. Is that one Scott Baio? Scott Bale, literally, yes. Like if some other stupid random celebrity got in, he would absolutely endorse that person. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's like the dumb reality star turned politician code. Like he's got to have Oz's back. I just think and 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 I, I say this not even really satirically, like I think this could happen. I think in five to seven years, we could see Bethany Frankel running on the Republican ticket for something. 
<laughs> with like a Trump endorsement. <sighs> it's that she's got the energy. I used to love her, but for seven years, guys. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like you are investing your entire political future in this man that is not a healthy dude. No, he's the healthiest person in the world, Amanda. And I mean, a doctor okay. said that. He must be if he is made it this far. A doctor said that he's no one has ever been healthier than him. He's the healthiest person in the world. Yeah, well, fucking. Yeah, it was Dr. Oz. That's why he yeah, fucking endorsed him. He's been eating yeah. Dr. Oz's like little weird pills. You're not wrong. They have. I think like at one point, Dr. Oz did did vouch for Donald Trump's health, and he like never forgot that. You're right. Of that's course. definitely yeah, that's definitely a factor here. But I mean, so we could maybe mercifully be tonight get the news that Madison Cawthorn will not be in the house anymore. He also like tr- he tried to find a way to kind of like run in a different district or a split up district. And then that didn't work out because of how the maps turned out. But some of his voters were really like, you were just trying to get away from accountability for us. Like you were just trying to hop to another district and start over to which I also think is like, well, that district has eyes. <laughs> we're all seeing what's going on with this gentleman. I mean, I don't know if you're like if Madison Cawthorn's in the running in your mind, do you care about like cheating and all that? I don't know. True. Um, and also back to like what he did to to whatever Trump. I'm just like, have y'all heard the the little the footage or the audio of Trump when after he like fired Omarosa, like. He was such a coward about it. He was like, I don't know what happened. Oh, I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. Even though he, like, fired her. Like, he was just too much of a coward to, like, outwardly. So I feel like, back to that theory, just one more circling back. Mm-hmm. If Catherine to his face was kiss the ring, Trump would fold because he's a little bitch. Yeah, a thousand yeah. percent. I think that's probably what happened literally last night. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I want to end today by some follow-ups from yesterday. I mean, we're talking about elections, so I guess we can talk about who votes in elections or who Republicans or the far right wants you to think votes in elections. So yesterday, we, Sammy and I covered kind of like the background of where this idea comes from. I don't. I said yesterday, it's like I, I feel like every time I say the word great replacement theory, it gives it more, it just... Yeah, it has a very like lofty like it sounds like replacement theory because i I don't know even adding the great to it is like great is 
great makes it feel like that, like something that's like bolded in a history textbook and like right, like the great holocaust like, nah. Yeah, nah, nah. i think we'd take that branding out if hitler put it in i don't know yeah yeah i want to downsize this <laughs> i mean you know guys it's it's happening yeah i mean <laughs> it's it is and COVID ain't help. <laughs> All this vector sermon shit. Well, the interest. So yesterday we were like, I was trying to figure out like, why do you think? Why are you so mad at Jews? And what I didn't realize, and what people explained to me yesterday, is that they think it is mainly the Jews doing it. So it is us yes. bringing in facilitating mass migration from Central and Latin America in order to replace legacy Americans <laughs> that they call themselves, which is, I quote, guess, quote. Americans that have been here for a couple generations who who I guess they think are all white, all of them. I don't know who think yeah. they the fucking railroad. Uh, and bizarre. But it, what's interesting is we forgot to say yesterday that you obviously don't get voting rights the instant you set foot on American soil. That no. should be a given. But I, I wanted to come back to this thing that this is a perfect opportunity to discuss what, Millie, you bring up a lot, which is that why Republicans would rather alienate this fast growing group. Hispanic voters are the fastest growing group of voters. And there are very real opportunities to persuade them for both parties, but very real ones for the Republicans. So it's like, do you think they're going to pay for this or? It's racism. It's just racism, though. That's the thing is they they actually do have an opportunity to get a bunch of like Latinos, you probably mostly white Latinos to vote for them and to fall in line with a lot of conservative stuff a lot. You know, we've talked about the different ways different groups are susceptible to a lot of conservative ideology. But I think like they actually are racist. So well, like, I, and I also ask myself this, too, but I feel like people who would vote Republican um, even though they would, I feel like they would get a larger sanction of Asian voters, black voters and Latino voters if they embraced a more multicultural approach. I do think that people who are tempted by conservative values, like who care about abortion, like banning abortion and care about taxes are willing to ignore because they can view themselves as like oh, I'm different. Like I came here the right way or my family or like we came the bootstraps bullshit. And like, look at these black people that have been here. That's like what a lot of like these immigrants that vote Republican feel is that like, oh, we were, we just had it just as hard. So what, you know, so I do think that they still are going to get those people, but you're right. They're not getting it as large of a sanction as they would or whatever percentage mm -hmm. as they mm -hmm. would if they embrace a more multicultural approach. Um, so yeah, but I do think that people who fucking are tempted by it are still going to vote. And there is a big yeah. right wing right like white nationalist movement amongst hispanic people in this country nick fuentes is the big example there was an article mm -hmm. about in the atlantic um so i just you know i do think that there will be inevitably latinos that more latinos that vote republican and i will say that something that we can't forget is the ability of people different races different gender expression you know everyone's um like how everyone can come together to hate women you know i think that that is a big part of no matter what race no matter what religion 
everyone can get together and 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 get together and get a slice of that American misogyny pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for fucking as long sure. as women are getting more rights and getting equal pay and all that, like there is always going to be a sanction of men from every race mm-hmm. that will be tempted by the conservative thing and will vote conservative. That's my little spiel. As you were talking, I was thinking, you know, there is probably some, you know, Republican analyst somewhere saying, like, you are alienating some of the only anti-abortion people we have left. Like these these crazy these pro-life crazies are going to like they're going to die eventually. But there are like there is a real anti-abortion contingent among Hispanic voters that is very like Catholic. They're not they're inflexible on. So it is very unusual to me that they're doubling down on that, but I guess they're just hoping that the racism pays off in other ways because for the exact reason you just said. And, you know, to be quite honest, the only reason America hasn't had a major population decline is because of the immigration and because like shit has slowed down and all that shit, it is going to decline our population, you know, because that is connected anyway. Right. I mean, it is it is an interesting sort of like, I mean, because the, the facts show, right, that by 2050, white people will be in the minority. <laughs> so when we're like <clears throat> fact checking, you know, this replacement theory, it's just it's just very straight. Like there's just no conspiracy behind it. It's just how math and biology work. It's like we're not diluting and, your votes. The more people that are here, like. But, you know, the, the thing that I'm saying and that I've been saying is that if you're worried about the white population, don't shoot up a grocery store. Get white people to stop eating horse paste to cure COVID. Because yeah, really some girl. of them will live. Wait. Yes. <laughs> that would be a much more effective strategy. Much yeah. more effective strategy. Uh, I, would say, I, would, I would say hundreds of thousands of white people died. Oh, uh, yeah. A million people years. died. Hundreds of thousands of them white. Yeah, so let's go. Let's let's chill on the horse paste and maybe not yeah. shoot up so many grocery stores. Yeah. Give it a try. Give it a try. That is our show for today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's good to be back. Oh, God. One of those fucking head spinning weeks. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Billy Tamaris. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. Betches.